Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Friday, April 7th. Let's jump into this morning's top stories. As the Pac-12's media rights saga continues. After ESPN's Pete Thamel earlier reported a Pac-12 media rights deal is unlikely to be announced later this spring, or early this summer, the Athletics' Stuart Mandel and Max Olson note the delay may be in part because of the emergence of a new potential partner. Two sources indicated there have been recent discussions between the Pac-12 and the CW. Mandel and Olson also observed the prolonged process suggests Commissioner George Klyovkov is largely unconcerned with the Four Corners schools defecting right now, however, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yermark has recently met with multiple presidents of Pac-12 schools looking to explore their options, a person briefed on the meeting said. They also report ESPN remains interested, but not likely at a price the conference is seeking, and indicate there is a divide in the room between those, like Washington State President Schultz, eager to get a deal done as soon as possible to quiet the noise, and others, like Utah President Randall, who are willing to be patient if it means getting a better deal. The Mercury News' John Wilner offers another potential explanation for the holdup. If the Pac-12 intends to land three planes at once, reach a media deal, sign a grant of rights agreement, and officially add new schools, before it announces anything, well, that could draw the saga out for several more weeks, at least. We don't know if that's the case, but it seems reasonable to conclude the Pac-12 won't announce a media deal until the grant of rights component has been signed, because without the schools binding their revenue to the conference, the media deal is meaningless. And the deal itself probably depends on an expansion decision, because of both the media markets and the game inventory available. Find more in this morning's D1 ticker. The U.S. Department of Education has proposed regulations that would prohibit schools from wholesale bans on transgender athletes that keep them from participating on teams that align with their gender identity, ESPN's Paula Levine reports. The proposed regulations would instead give schools flexibility to adopt policies based on grade, sport, and level of competition to ensure opportunities for transgender students while recognizing the need to ensure fairness and prevent sports-related injuries. From the department's release, one-size-fits-all policies that categorically ban transgender students from participating in athletics consistent with their gender identity across all sports, age groups, and levels of competition would not satisfy the proposed regulation. The proposed regulations will be open for public comment for 30 days, and Levine notes a timeline for their effective date has yet to be determined. Troy announces its new four-year strategic plan titled Elevate. Troy Chancellor Jack Hawkins stating, if our conference rivals can win a college baseball World Series, then why not Troy? If a former conference rival that we used to dominate on the basketball court can make it to the Final Four, why not Troy? Accordingly, we have invested in our facilities and our people in order to attain our goals. I am confident our facilities are among the best in the Sun Belt Conference. Moreover, our coaching staffs are filled with outstanding leaders and teachers. Key tenants of the new roadmap, athletic excellence, student-athlete experience, student-athlete welfare, revenue generation, fan experience and facilities. LSU AD Scott Woodward is set to receive a $500,000 bonus as a result of the Women's Basketball Championship, according to USA Today's Berkowitz, who points out that, pursuant to the deal he signed in October, Woodward became entitled to this amount if any time prior to July 1, 2025, LSU either won a national championship in any varsity sport, won a total of three SEC titles across all varsity sports, or qualified for football national semifinal game. 
the LSU women's basketball team will accept an invitation from President Joe Biden to visit the White House. Tigers associate AD for communications Michael Bonnet says there is no set date for the event, and he could not confirm whether all players and coaches would attend. Adweek's Molly Cahillane lays out the case for brands to get on board with women's basketball and embrace gender equity, noting first that not only were audiences for the men's and women's tournaments comparable, but it's cheaper to buy media in the women's tournament, which is a whole separate issue, meaning marketing gets in front of more audiences for less. It's just good business to invest in women's sports. Specifically, Cahillane notes the cost for a 30-second ad buy in the men's basketball national championship was over $2.2 million while the cost for the same spot during the women's basketball was not equivalent. Some brands, Cahillane continues, are already recognizing the value, as Aflac moved all of its on-ground spend from Houston to Dallas and may not spend it all in the men's moving forward. Also this year, Buick ran an equal number of paid ads in both tournaments and is continuing to engage via the hashtag SeeHerGreatness platform to convince the NCAA and other brands to invest in the women's game. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Friday, April 7. We'll see you back here this afternoon.